from the depths of nowhere. Two guys sitting around talking about bullshit. It is sports and spirits with Nathan and Max. Good luck. All right, yeah. So why is the Cowboys the America's team? Where did that come from, huh? Well, I would imagine it's because everybody on the planet knows who the Dallas Cowboys are. Yeah, but there's a reason for it. Go overseas. Yeah, but do I'm you know who the Kansas City Chiefs are? I hell do. not. Well, you do. I don't know if a blimey does. No. <laughs> yeah, they know. They know who the Kansas City Chiefs are in Egypt. Oh, they got a huge following over there. Oh, kind of like we do in Belgium. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, Tex Schramm, back when Tex Schramm and Clint Murchison and Bum Bright owned the team, or, well, Clint Murchison owned the original. Uh, Tex Schramm was obviously the general manager, and he instituted a lot of the model that you see today with teams. Dome stadium concept. Uh, cheerleaders um, and just sheer marketability of what a franchise should be, how the players should act. Yep. They, you know, Dallas, believe it or not, their first six or seven years, they, they weren't a good team. And I believe it. And, but, they built that concept of the whole computerized recruiting concept with the draft, all the way, you know, the scoring system with players. All that was started by the Cowboys out of the 60s that most of the teams adopted. And then once Dallas, most of the teams adopted it because Dallas started having success with it. Yeah. Um, and it's a copycat league. Yeah. But the whole marketing thing and – Oh, Dallas has that. The revenue sharing with Pete Rozelle and Tex Ram, they were best friends. Certain teams that got into the league because of Tex Ram. Tex Ram had an impact on the league, probably as much as Jerry Jones had an impact on the league when he started coming up with certain concepts. People think that Dallas is America's team because they win. They were that America's is definitely, team before they even won. I say that is definitely not the case. They're America's team because overseas, when you think about football, the real football, when you yeah. think about football, you think about the Dallas Cowboys. You can show that star anywhere on the planet and people know what it is. Yeah. I might be able to show the Philadelphia uh, Eagle symbol and they're going to be like, the hell is that? Right. You know? And – that's why they're America's team. You know, you get a bunch of players that get offended over this crap. You know, they get mad when they play the Cowboys because they're America's team. Yeah. Which, yeah, they are. They're the they're the most – they have the highest value of any franchise in the NFL in the world. by a lot. In the world. In the world. Mm-hmm. And you don't even come close. Yeah. Probably by so so how can dollars. you say you're America's team when no one knows you outside of America? You know, damn shit. Now, let's take, for example, Chris Jones. Awesome player. Everybody in America knows who he is, right? Well, football. In football, football in America. In America. Yeah. How many people do you think knows who he is outside of America? Probably very little. Probably none. Well, or well, maybe well, the, some, the maybe is, some. Well, but, the reality is, how many people actually know past the quarterback on teams? Yep. But everybody knows the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they they know all the players, name. all the players. You know, they're just a household name. Roger right. Stallbach was and that, the that, face of the Cowboys for ten years, and that's why Dak Prescott is under so much scrutiny. Because he's in the face of all these fans. Right. Granted, some of the worst fans on the planet, but he's in front of all these fans. Yeah. But that only comes that only comes with the standpoint because of the success that the Cowboys had 
that set set the pace in the 70s and that carried on again just like Danny White statistically if you look at it Danny White had just as good statistics as a starter as Roger Staubach now the the difference between their careers is Danny White got to play in the era where they changed the rules for passing where Staubach didn't he only got right. two years of doing that, but Stahlbach was still, you know, you look at the top ten list of quarterbacks out of the 70s, Stahlbach's either one or two. And right. believe it or not, Terry Bradshaw is not even usually in the top four. Even uh, though he, was, four he was just Super a deep Bowls. ball thrower. But usually it's either did. Fran Tarkenton or Roger Stahlbach is considered the two best quarterbacks as far as really the field general concept. Fran right. Tarkenton went to four Super Bowls but he, never won any. Bradshaw, typically all he did was deep throws. He was a deep throw, but that was the concept then. Right. You know, and Stallback wasn't a dink and dunker either. Stallback was a scrambler waiting for somebody to get open, and they did throw a lot of deep passes. But because of the success they had, Stallback was a starter for nine years and went to seven a, a NFC champ, seven NFC championships, those are Tom Brady numbers. You know, went to four Super Bowls, one, two, lost two. That's not a Tom two. Brady number. No, one, two, lost two. Uh, <clears throat> and the starter, he replaced Craig Morton, who lost the first Super Bowl Dallas went to. He got traded to Denver, who Dallas beat in the Super Bowl with Craig Morton as a starter. So Dallas was on their way with they always had that next player up concept before that concept was even there. Yeah. Dallas set the tempo for how you win longevity-wise with a scheme concept, not so much what uh, Chuck Knoll did with the Steelers was basically, you know, they built with defense. They, they tried to find – you know, the the black college players, you know, small schools of black college players, they had one heck of a draft in, I think, the 74 draft. Five other players are Hall of Famers out of that draft, out of one draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's arguably the best draft any team's ever had. Um, but what was different about drafting back then versus today, they had 30-round drafts back then because most of the players didn't play football as yeah. a career. They, you know, they made that choice whether they were going to or not. Um, right. So a lot of the starting quarterbacks, believe it or not, were probably like Roger Staubach, I believe, was a 17th-round draft pick or a 15th-round draft pick, but he was in the Navy. So he had to spend four more years in the Navy before he even came to the Cowboys. So he was 27 years old as a rookie. He didn't become a starter until he was 29. Now, that's it. That's unheard of that's now. That's unheard of now. And, it, you know, and they got Danny White, who played in the World Football League that lasted only two years. He was, and he went, he was a number one draft pick to the World Football League. Dallas picked him up after they went to Funk. And he was the backup for five years here. He takes over. Uh, he went to three straight NFC championships, just happened to lose to the eventual Super Bowl winner. Um, and, uh, you know, then once Danny White started, once he declined, or well, declined or got older, whatever the case was, got out of it, these guys didn't play. You know, they realized, Roger Staubach talked about how he probably would have played a couple more years, but he had to think about his health. They weren't making the kind of money these guys are making no. now. No, I so think. So they, they couldn't, they, you know, they knew their health and, and that longevity, they, they had to consider that. So that, that's another difference why some of the guys did play, not to mention the physicality of the game, the way it was played back then, just took its toll on a lot of these players early. I mean, there are several, several running backs from the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s that only had one or two good career, uh, two years that their in injuries limited them because, you know, they blow out a knee, 
There was no AC repair right. back then. Those kind of things. So the game is is evolved. But there again, going back to why Dallas was America's team, it's because of marketing. Mm-hmm. Dallas, you know, Tex Ram did. He set the standard on what marketing is. Yep. He helped create the whole Super Bowl concept. All that was done under Tex Ram and Pete Rosell. And they helped merge the league, the AFL, the NFL. So, and Dallas had one of the, you know, the whole blackout concept where TVs weren't televised in the area, trying to get ticket sales to go. All that stuff was under under Tex Ram showing this is the way we got to do the league. And yeah. and it, it worked, but the TV contracts got bigger and bigger. And that's really, in Dallas had one of the largest regions in the country because there was no other competition really close. You had the Houston Oilers, but the Houston Oilers were so bad in the yeah. early parts of the 70s when they merged that, that that didn't become a competition. The Denver Broncos are further away. Kansas City was further away. And, the, and really the only competition was actually AFL teams that didn't have the fan base that Dallas had. And so that's why, and then so when they built the old Texas Stadium back in 1970, they put a hole in it, and then they so got the God marker. can watch. So his God team can play. look down on his favorite team, and that's when the whole America's Team concept came about, and Dallas became a love-hate relationship from that yep. point on. And actually, probably benefited and, and, you know, them for and the and most they sold part. The team Bumbright bought the team later on. He sells it to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has done a superb job with keeping the marketing of the Dallas Cowboys front and center. You know, you buy a, a franchise for $140 million, $50 million, whatever it is, it's worth over $7, 6000000000 billion now. Yep. I mean, that's a heck of a return on an investment, you know. Yeah. And he, he's just done such a good job with that. Um, and right, there so. are other teams that they come and go, but Dallas has always stayed in the forefront because they understand. They understand. Marketing. Marketing, and they also understand the number one rule to get fans is you got to have a quarterback. Yeah. Dallas has always had a quarterback. They've never gone more than two or three years without a quarterback that was on the horizon. They do, yeah, yeah. They hit between Danny White and Troy Aikman. They went about three years. They got Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman came in here, wins three Super Bowls. After Troy Aikman, we went through. Quincy Carter, Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe, Justin Verde, you know, we, and then we then, then we got we, Romo. We got Romo, but we had about two or three years there of. Oh, I think it might have been a little more than that. Might have been. Well, Bledsoe was actually pretty good. Bledsoe was good. He got hurt again. He got hurt, he and that's what Tony Romo. So Tony Romo, yeah, you know, in a Giants game where we were getting our ass now, whooped. But what I'm saying, you know, the point being, you got the Chicago Bears. You know, when they had Jim McMahon back when they won the Super Bowl, he was considered an adequate quarterback. He was never considered a great quarterback. But other than that, they've never had a good quarterback. That's You're talking yeah. 50 years. I mean, in the, in sit the there and look era. at it. Yeah. The I only mean, time almost, they've won a Super Bowl is defense. You know, you look at just the era of the Super Bowl or the, era of the Super Bowl era, there's about six or seven teams that have never had a good quarterback. Yep. Yeah. That had just never been able to compete. You know, the Jets, they've, you know, they might, you know, they had Asias in a couple of years. They had Brett Favre a couple of years. But those were, all, they were on the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, well, now that we're talking about bad quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Tom Brady. Yeah. Do you think he comes back this year? Or do you think he just hangs it up? Because he is technically a free agent. Yeah. He he's let go from from the Bucks, so he's a free agent. What do you think he does? And how do you feel about his legacy? Well, I can answer the legacy easier. Um, the other one is just pure speculation. I don't. I don't. I think. The only way Tom Brady comes back, if he truly feels 
he's got a true shot at winning another Super Bowl. I don't think he comes back just to come back. But the team he's linked to is Miami. And Miami has been building that team yep. all offseason. And, man, they're looking dangerous. Yep. And if they can just get a quarterback, well, they might, to they they might do they something. They extended to his contract this week. Yeah, but look at it. Every yep. time he gets hit, he has a concussion. Right. I don't think that kid's got more than maybe one, two years left in him. Then okay. he's done. Well, If you're going to do that, if I've only got two years left – why wouldn't I take a chance on Tom Brady, who only has one year left? Well, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying I don't know if Tom Brady's willing to Wants come back. Wants to come back? Yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to but do with But if he does. I think, there's, I think there's been several teams. So if Tom uh, Brady comes well, they, back they, and there's plays. There's a rumor Shanahan's already called it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a rumor that he's already called it. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? But. But I'm if, sure if he were to come back and play for Miami, do they automatically jump up as a top team in that division? Because I think they do. Well, because of the chemistry that they showed last year with Tua healthy, they were a good team. Yeah. They proved that defense. That's and, the biggest part, and, and Tua think, healthy. Yeah, but I think if Tom Brady's inserted in that equation, Tom Brady has shown he can adjust to receivers so quickly – yeah, that I he think can adjust the team. If it were me and he's willing to come back, I would take the shot. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't think. I think Tom. You don't Brady's, think he wants to? I think Tom Brady's done. I think it's over. Uh, but it's mainly media keeping this crap out there. Well, yeah, because it's it's off season, and nothing I think to talk about. Nothing to talk about. I mean, I think that's just part of it because of what happened last year. Um, but. I just I think I think he's closed the book on that. He's going to take a year off, get into announcing, and you know I, I just I like I said this is all speculation. Well, what do you feel about his legacy? His legacy is incredible. For our sports players, he's the best football player probably to ever play the game. Yep. Bar none, Super Bowl era is the best quarterback ever. <clears throat> you know now there's other quarterbacks without the Super Bowl era that you could throw it out there, but trying to compare errors is really hard to do. What was that stat that you gave me a while back about uh, Patrick Mahomes? What would he have to do just to match Brady? So there's a stat after Holmes, Mahomes won the second Super Bowl because Mahomes will be entering his seventh season, I think. Is that far? Yeah, I think so. Because you know, he didn't play his first season. He sat on the bench. Right. So he's played five straight years now, and he's gone to two Super Bowls. Well, he's got two Super Bowl wins. He's been to three. He's been to, yeah, and it been to matter three. How many you got? got how many you gotten to? Nobody got cares. Nobody yeah. cares. All Nobody, the wins. You know, Jim Kelly got to four. Nobody thinks of him in that upper echelon. Fran Tarkenton got to four. Nobody thinks of him in that other echelon. Uh, you know, John Elway had that on his label until he finally won two of them. Uh, but as far as uh, Mahomes having to catch Brady from this point on, even if he plays until I think he's 42, he has to go to a Super Bowl every other year, and he's got to win 60% of them. So that's 10 more. That's From here on out, that would give him eight, uh, sorry, nine more Super Bowls. So he'd actually surpass Tom Brady, but he would actually have to win six of those to that yeah. effect. That's a tall order to have to put on yeah. somebody um, to make that work. Now, I think Mahomes is probably going to win at least one more Super Bowl, but we're seeing what happens you know, look at the players that they're dumping. They've lost three of their wide receivers. Uh, so they're going to have to revamp I mean, the wide receivers. they did that they're last losing, year, though. losing defensive players. Yeah, they're they going to have to do that They every lost their year. wide receivers but last year. This year, they don't have Juju Smith-Schuster available. They don't have, you know, they got Valdez Scandling still. But they, they let, you know, like I said, they let three of them walk. So now they got to replace those, whether they do it the draft, 
I don't, you know, there's nobody else other than Thielen that might be left, but Thielen's not Juju Smith-Schuster unless they go get Odell Beckham, maybe. But I don't think, I think they're in salary cap hell right now. Maybe. You know, uh, I know they've restructured the contract. They've lost. So they did lose both of their tackles. They replaced one. They got younger with tackles. Uh, but defense, they've lost several players on defense. So they're in that that transition that every year, if that's the way they're going to play it, they don't know what they're going to be from one year to the next. Right. So they could be great again, or they could be – I think they're always going to be good. I think they'll, they'll always, always be in the be conversation. They'll always be in that conversation. Yeah. They're, prob- they're still going to be the best team in the AFC West. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to pass them this year. I don't think there's enough fall off. But – so they can gamble and try to build through the draft and retool again. But I just – I think it's going to be it's – it's just going to be – you're going to have to wait and see. And teams also are going to have to figure out – there again, they are got to figure out uh, just like when Tyreek Hill, the transition from Tyreek Hill to yep. Juju – the way it, teams it took played a couple them, weeks. It took them a little bit of time to figure it out and then to figure out, you know, who they're bringing in to do this. Um, but I could see them going after Odell Beckham, you know, bringing him in as, their, like, as their number one. Yep. Just, you know, they kind of do – they kind of will do what Patriots did. Just start retooling guys that have played and see what we got with mm-hmm. them and see how it works because that's really the only way they're going to save money by doing this unless they hit on drafts every every year and, and they, they revamp that receiving core, which – and by then you got Kelsey that he's probably going to be retiring in the next two to three years. Think so? Yeah, he's 34 now. I mean, he's never really had a bad no, injury. No, he's never though. had a bad year. It's just age starts catching No, not these year, guys. injury. Injury. He's yeah, never had a bad just starts one. catching these guys, and he's, what, 34 now? So I, I can see that, that, that can, that's going to be a question. And I can tell you right now, without him, oh, yeah, we're going to see team a, different, is different. a different look without him. He creates all that. Um, they did a great job revamping the offensive line last year. You know, they, they were able to move on from Brown. Um, they did a great job retooling the running back room. They did a good job with their defense last year, but they, they're, again, they, they're going to lose key players that when you start that cycle, it's hard well, to Once you get good, year. it's yeah. hard to keep it's those players. It's hard to keep those players and, and yeah. keep that cycle going. So you tend to have that yo-yo effect that yep. you're great one year, you're good one year. You're great one year, yep. you're good one year, so to speak. Um, so I, I just – I don't – unless they land a couple of guys, what they've done in this offseason, they're not the favorite right now by any means. Okay. I still think at this point you're probably looking at Cincinnati since they went out and got Brown. They improved their offensive line again. And they, yeah, did you see uh, see the uh, offensive player that Brown's going to replace is wants, asking for a trade yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, either that or he has Which, to granted, to a right tackle. I mean, if you ask me, the Bengals are an offensive – Offensive line away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they still again, you know, they, they, again. Yeah, so they, you know, last the two last year or the last two years, offensive line has been suspect. They improved it a little bit last year, but this year they went out and got arguably the best left tackle in the game. You know, at least top two or three. You know, uh, now and then not to mention, I still think you got teams in the NFC that are going to improve that are going to make the jump. Um, I think San Francisco's going to be a favorite. I think uh, – I really think the Bengals – I mean, the Bengals, sorry, the Lions are going to surprise a lot of teams next year. I think the Eagles are in the equation. I think Dallas is in the equation. Uh, Minnesota has to fix their defense. 
they, they're dumping a lot of their defensive players. Whether yeah. or not they can do it in one year, I don't know. Uh, but I don't – right now I'm not seeing Kansas City as the favorite in the, in the AFC. Um, I think the Bills and the Bengals are still up there, and I think maybe the Dolphins have probably caught them, just depending on where the quarterback is. Um, Pittsburgh's going to be a couple of years away. Baltimore, they're, they're going to – they're going to still be whatever, even if they've got Lamar Jackson. Uh, does Cleveland improve with Watson? We don't know. Um, you know, there again, you got Hubbard. As does he take the next step? You got Jacksonville with Lawrence. Is he ready to take the next step? I think so. And with Lawrence, you know, you yeah. really look at it. Cincinnati. I mean, Kansas City. Actually, even though they got to the Super Bowl. I think a lot. I mean, of they have the were, best quarterback in the league. They got the best quarterback, but I think people still had some reserves. Could they, you know, could they? Can't get do pads? it again. Yeah, and I'm just not sure that 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 that's just going to always work from year to year. Um, like I said, I, I think there's going to be a couple of teams next year that are going to jump into the the into the fold that nobody's expecting to jump. Yeah, but you're not going to do it without a quarterback. No, no. If you don't have the quarterback right right now, I don't, and I'm not suspecting one of these rookie quarterbacks to make that big of a leap with some of these teams. Um, I think you're still going to need a couple of years to kind of get on track as a rookie quarterback. Uh, so those teams that need quarterbacks like Houston, like uh, Indianapolis. They're not going to be great this year. They're going to they may shock some teams, but they're going to need a couple of years to figure out what they got with their quarterback. All right. So NFL talk out of the way. Okay. I don't know how much you keep up with UFC. Do you watch any of that? I do watch some. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Okay. So UFC, well, they've got a big fight coming up which is Usman versus uh, Leon Edwards, uh-huh. which those two guys are not big-name guys. I mean, Usman kind of is, but if you're not a big watcher of the sport, you're not going to know who the hell he is. So Usman, uh, Leon Edwards, they're coming up, which is a big fight, big promotion for them. That's fine. But you know who John Jones is. Yeah. So... Probably, I would say, two weeks ago, John Jones came back. So, I don't know if you know the backstory of John Jones, but he comes in, and I'm sure you probably already know this, but he comes in undefeated, whoops everybody's ass. He only loses one fight, and the only reason he loses it is because he hits him with an illegal elbow over the head and gets disqualified, and that's the only reason that he lost. Yeah. He brings that dude back and beats the living shit out of that guy and knocks him out. Yeah. John Jones is probably the greatest UFC fighter that's ever fought in MMA ever. Yeah. So he fought at light heavyweight, which is a 205 weight limit. Mm-hmm. Right? So he comes back now. He's fighting at heavyweight. So he's fighting guys that are 260, 270, and he's coming in about 230, 240. Well, so his first heavyweight fight happened a couple weeks ago. Comes in, beats the ever-loving shit out of this dude. I mean, whoops this dude's ass. Beats him, submits him, whoops him. So he calls out Brock Lesnar. This dude's 280 pounds, nat- not naturally, but naturally walks around at that size. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What do you think about that? Like, what do you think about that kind of matchup? John Jones, who is kind of a linky, skinny guy, but, I mean, arguably the greatest fighter of all time, against a beast like Brock Lesnar. I mean, you know who Brock Lesnar yeah. is. Big, huge, strong, powerful, comes at you 100%. Uh, 
How do you think he would fare against somebody when this dude's 270, coming into a fight damn near 300 pounds against somebody about 240-ish in a one-on-one fight? What do you think about that? Well, I think when you're a fighter of their caliber, every fighter has a certain way they fight based on what they can utilize. So pound for pound, Jones is probably the best fighter. Oh, most definitely. And so, he actually, and actually this week shot up to number one pound for pound fighter yeah. on the list. So that is always one of the hardest things. Because he has all those intangibles. Right, that, that's usually one of the hardest things for people to do and or to defeat because the weight doesn't play such a factor. Now. The physicality of the sport. Uh, if Brock can get you down, yeah, it, it's 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 a matter. It's of, a matter of like, like a chess game. Yeah, or well, like I, the, the guys that are ex wrestlers or has the rex, wrestler capability, yeah. they tend to do better because they're able to utilize that. And see, that's more. what uh, Frank Mir said. Frank Mir was thrown to the wolves against Brock Lesnar, right? Right. And he was like, he's like, everybody kept telling me, you better beat him. You yeah. better, but he's a WWE guy. You better beat him. He was like, he's a 200 and O Olympic wrestler. Yeah. He's like, he's not just a WWE guy. Yeah. He's like, but that's what I was labeled as. You got to fight this WWE guy. Right. And it's like, some of these dudes are legit badass. So I think, I think it, you know, there's certain things in every sport where a certain technique can outweigh a lot of things. Uh, you know, boxing to move off of, of you know Tyson. Yeah, like Tyson. Tyson was a mauler. He yeah. wasn't a boxer. He was coming in to kill you. Yeah. And every and, every and punch people, he was there to yeah, destroy. He was you. trying to land a haymaker every yeah. punch. And And it worked. And it worked for until people started figuring out if you could survive three or four rounds with You'll get tired. You can wear him out. And that's what started happening. Team, you know, teams. Guys started trying to get him to throw his haymaker so early, and they were able to take the Just blow. Please don't knock me out. Yeah, figure out, you know, the weaken, weaken the uh, the impact of it, and then once they got past uh, that past that point, you started seeing Tyson get wore out, and that's that's the thing with certain techniques. That if it's that so might be John Jones' technique. Yeah, he's like, so I'm not as big, but right. I can piece you up and beat right. and, you from you know, the outside. And so what happens is, if you can stay away from him, and then pick your shot. That's going to be the biggest thing: fighting yeah. Brock Lesnar. Stay away from him. Yeah. Because if he gets you on the ground, right. then you're it's tr- over. You're playing yeah. his game. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like I said, the technique has to be pound for pound. As long as they're standing toe to toe, it's probably going to favor Jones. Yeah. But if Jones ever gets on the ground, or is it's un- lesser. It, it, it's yeah, it's his, it's his. It's his. It's his game. Yeah, and then it's going to be Jones has got to figure out how to create. How do a, I get up? Yeah, how do I get out of this leverage? So, I think that's where it's got to what really where it plays out. Unless Jones can end it quickly, just knock him out. Yeah, I and and I don't know. Which I'm not going to say he can't. Yeah, I don't know enough about Lesnar. To know that can he, he be knocked out early? He's he's only been TKO'd. He's never been knocked out. So that that's so that's and that's against somebody probably, that's two hundred sixty eight pounds. Yeah, that's probably that strategy's probably not in the equation. Knocking him out. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a wear. You got to wear him out. You're going to have to wear him down. So I think it. You know, it's interesting. It's always interesting because people will say technique will always overdo weight and size. That's not but, true. But no, and that's what I'm saying. So sometimes. Some people's weight and size, they use that to their advantage. They understand that. You know, it, it, it's like usually the bigger wrestlers struggle with the smaller wrestlers because yeah. of leverage. And, uh, you know, especially the, or, or the taller wrestlers, I'll say. Not bigger, but taller wrestlers yeah. struggle with smaller wrestlers. Because they can get in yeah. those gaps. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they can't get the leverage. Yeah. Um, kind of like defensive tackles same, in football. Same with football. you got to yeah. get lower. Yeah, the lower guy is going to win the leverage yeah. battle, and that's why defensive tackles are usually 6-1. Right. Well, in, in the same arena, Conor McGregor, you know him. Oh, absolutely. 
Conor McGregor is now going to be a coach on The Ultimate Fighter. Okay. Him versus uh, Chandler. Yeah. And so they're both going to be coaches. They haven't even aired the first show yet, and they've already gotten into it in the cage. Cops got called and everything. Coaching him? Coaching him. They okay. got in the cage and got into it with each other. Okay. So cops got called, all this crap. Now, granted, I will tell you this. I think Conor McGregor is the best thing to ever happen to MMA. Well, that goes back to the whole marketing thing, right? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. This guy right here, I mean, this guy does these damn promos. He sounds like a WWE wrestler when he's coming into some of these fights. Yeah. You know, I mean, he says some shit, and he's smart. So when when he says something, bam, he's got to come back. You yeah. know? And in all honesty, that... He's my favorite fighter. But well, he's got charisma. He's got the charisma, and he knows yeah. he does. I mean, you know, Tyson didn't have charisma. No, he eats he, his children. You know, well, Tyson was <laughs> he, Tyson came on like 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 a hurricane, but he didn't have charisma. No. Muhammad Ali had charisma. Sugar Ray Leonard had charisma. George Foreman they had charisma. They understood yeah. the marketing aspect. Of the sport, Tyson never did. Uh, Tyson, and he wasn't promoted. He didn't have great promoters. He had a bad promoter in Don King. And see, Connor does. Yeah, he so, knows what he's doing. Yeah. So not only, and here, here's what I think excelled him above everybody. He talked all the shit. He predicted his own fights, mm-hmm. and then he delivered. Yeah, and that's what made him big. When yeah. he was like, I'm knocking you out in the first round, and wham, knocks him out. Yeah. That's what made him big. Yeah. Because people are like, this dude's for real. Like, he talks shit, he makes a big spectacle out of it, but then he backs it up when he gets in the ring and he beats the shit out of dudes. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why everybody loves him. I mean, I know that's why we love him. Well, when you have, you know, the thing about it is, any sport – and you're in the limelight, you have to connect with the audience from a limelight standpoint yeah. that the audience, if they hear you talk, you know, it's kind of like, like the old Rocky movies and Apollo Creed had yeah. all that charisma. And he, hey, played the, he, he played the, well, you know, he played the, the, the heavyweight champion villain, but you really understood, no, he, he, he's, you know the persona of Muhammad Ali is what he was, yeah. but I'm just saying that, that it worked because you you had an association with him, and when superstars in any sport have that charisma, Michael Jordan had it. You know he created that image yeah. that I'm I'm better than you. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. And see, that's what Connor and, does. He's like, he's like, I'm knocking you out in the second yeah. round, and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah, and and whether it's and then he's doing it. Yeah, you got to back that, it up. That that's you a crazy back thing. Up. You can't and that's why that's why I told that's why I told my wife. I'm like, it's not just he's calling it; it's no, he's, he's it doing it. Yeah. He's not, backing yeah. it up. Yeah, and when he's like, it, yeah. I'm laying you out in the first round, and wham, he does yeah. it. And it's like that just builds to his legacy. Well, and, and it's like Dale Earnhardt Sr. Mm-hmm. had it. I mean, you know, they had, he had that charisma that he became the face of NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was a good driver, wasn't a great driver, was a good driver. Nice guy. Yeah. I love listening to him talk. I, you, know, I, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that's kind of like listening to Peyton Manning talk now. I, you know, I'll listen to him talk now, but as a player... Hated hearing him. Yeah, he just he, he didn't have anything. But now you hear him with the guns, you know, everything turned off, and now he can be He's himself. not under pressure. Yeah, he's not under pressure. He sounds totally different. And But some people can excel at that. And that, that's that's what, you know, that's what good marketing does. And, and unfortunately, there are some good players. Joe Montana wasn't a charismatic guy, you know. 
Uh, Joe Namath was probably oh, the Joe first. Oh, Joe Namath was great at The it. first Joe like, Namath big was the name, right? It, you know, I mean, even like presidents are that way, you know, uh, that have great charisma. That you, even though, yeah. whether your politics are one way or the other, but there's certain presidents you just listen to, it's like, yeah, that guy can motivate anybody, yeah. you know, in a sense. You know, there's, there's well, this, I mean, just look at, I mean, take it how you want to take it, but like George Bush on the 9 11. When that happened, his yeah, speech, his speech, yeah. that got me fired up. Yeah, I was ready to go to war. Well, and you know, I'm, and I'm not a political person, but Bill Clinton was great at it. Bill Clinton could persuade anybody, make anything hey. sound good. He was just good at it. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's uh, you know. And but I will, Reagan, I will never. I'm telling you, I will never forget George Bush and his. Yeah. Uh, speech he made after 9-11 yeah. he was like he's like no nah. he's like we're not letting this go yeah he's like we're going after them and we're going after them full force yeah he's like they're gonna pay yeah and so that that in itself is part of where the sport sports has to go you've got to have those guys you got to have a a hero and a villain. Yeah, but you got to have that image that's Somebody. being built. And without Somebody. it, I think your sport is stalling. I wonder um, if that's why UFC some, just gravitates towards Connor. I think so. Because he like is, he, he is and like The Rock, yeah, WWE, yeah. and, I didn't and watch Stone Cold, that, even Stone but, Cold. You know, but like to me, I could watch one or two episodes of it. I wasn't, you know, I didn't follow it religiously by any means. But you but can see it. All I had to do was watch one show. And, and you're like, like, The Rock's the shit. The Rock, Ric Flair. They Stone were the, Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Are they, the shit. Yeah, they, they, they created that charisma. And that's they all did. WWE is. Yeah, charisma. Because everything else is, mm-hmm. is, is, exactly. is a trick. You exactly. Know? It's, you know, it's an art, but... And as long as you're entertained, I don't care if it's real or fake. Mm-hmm. I, that's not the point. The point if is, I can entertain you, you know, for yeah. forty if, minutes if guys, in a match, if those guys don't have that, WWE doesn't exist. Nope. You're not going to survive without exactly. that. Exactly. And you're not going to survive when you've got to have certain people in certain positions that have yeah. to have a certain charismatic personality. Yeah. So WWE, just even talking about it right now. Yeah. They don't exist without Stone Cold, The Rock, The no. Undertaker, those big names. I mean, even you who never even watched it, no, you know I, who yeah. all three of those guys yeah. are, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because they are icons. Right. They they've created the sport. Yep. You know, I mean, and that's what you're that's what you're looking at. You look you look back on, you know, there's different ways for people to lead or be a face of an organization, but you know, Jim McMahon, we talked about this just a while ago. He was very charismatic. Vince? No, Jim McMahon of the, of the Chicago Bears back oh, in, the okay. in, in the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very the quarterback. Charismatic. Yeah, very charismatic guy. Um, and gave that illusion like he was a badass, kind of like Brett Favre. You know, now Brett Favre could somewhat, you know, could He might back. actually punch you in the mouth. You know, now he could back it up. But Brett Favre had. But he also send you a dick pic every now and again. <laughs> well, whatever the case may be, but I'm just saying. Granted, Brett Favre is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. But that's what I'm saying that that charisma um, overshadows what his shortcomings. Yeah. You'll take the charisma over the shortcomings any day. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have charisma. No. Aaron. No, he's the most bland motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Well, and he, he is it. a diva. He is bland, a diva, and just nonstop start shit with himself. Yeah, he starts shit with himself. Well, I, I'm just saying he doesn't have the charisma, and he's got the talent. I'm just kind of. I mean, he you know, definitely I, I mean, has Mahomes, talent. Mahomes has charisma. No. Yeah. I think so. I think he's got the talent, but Mahomes is kind of bland. He's, he's kind of like, bland, eh, but, but eh, he's eh, also eh. he will he will open up. To He'll open things. up, but only to a certain you know, extent. Now he's not he's not a uh, he's not a braggart, 
in my opinion. He's not a braggart. No, he doesn't brag, and he's very humble. Yeah, but I'm saying that. But when but he you listen to, to him, me, he doesn't talk. have charisma. I think. I he mean, does. he does. He does the Dak Prescott thing. Well, they're trying to. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You know, but and I'm he's got a weird voice. He's got a weird voice. Well, he does have which that almost. Mahomes, yeah. if you want to come on Rambling the podcast, yeah. I take it all back. But but he's got a weird voice. He, I don't think he's very charismatic at all. Granted, to me, I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game. Yeah. My deal is I don't think he's very charismatic whatsoever. I think. I think, I, I think Do you? I you think, think that if you brought him with, on, well. I think I think, I think if you brought person. him on to a yeah, podcast and and you opened him up yeah, and you just kind of talked to him like, yeah, hey, he you don't have to be Patrick Mahomes right no, here. He does. Just talk. He does. That's what I'm saying. You get I think outside. I think then he'd be okay. Yeah. But when he starts doing the Dak Prescott shit, where he's, you know, oh, I'm gonna stay to the book. I'm yeah, doing this. I'm well, then then it's kind of boring. Well, that so it's kind of like the thing like with. With Brady hanging it up, now Brady, he's Brady had some fire shit sometimes. Yeah, now he's he would have, get mad and he would say some shit. Yeah, but what I'm saying is now it's going to be interesting to see how Brady analyzes the games and opens up, kind of like Tony Romo has. Unless he keeps playing, well, for the Dolphins. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> going fishing, huh? Anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, fishing for Dolphins. Yeah. Anyways. That's going to be interesting because Three look how years, much Tony Romo. Look at this. Three years, $72 million. This yep. dude has made more money being a backup than I've ever seen anybody. Well, he's going to be he a starter next a, year. Well, Garofalo's going to be a starter next year. I don't think he's that bad. He's I just, not, I just he's think. Not, he's not as bad. He, he's one of those guys that are kind of that middle of the road. He's in the middle. Yeah. He's not going to put you over a hook. A hump or anything like can, that. I think you can build around him. Yeah, you can. Um, if you make a running team. Well. Lamar Jackson. You know, answer I, your phone. You know, I mean, look how well he did at San Francisco. Yeah. You got but to, then again, look how good the fifth string did at San Francisco. Well, that's because what I'm saying is they built around the quarterback. Yeah, they have they built that around him? They did. At Raiders? I don't know. He does have a great receiver, and he's got he's got a few tools. He's got a good running back and a good receiver. I don't know if he's got the defense. I don't think he's got. I don't the know defense. if he's got the same team he had before. No, I don't think he does. I'm just saying he does yeah. have a good receiving core. And it untraded Darren Waller, who is yeah, he, he's potentially his, their best receiver. No, Devontae Adams is their best receiver. Yeah, if you can get him the ball. He got the ball a lot last year. Did he? 1,500 yards. Did he really? Yeah. Him Shit. and Josh Jacobs got over 1,500 yards last year. And what the hell did they get rid of Derek Carr for? Because they didn't get to the Cause playoffs. Because the, the Raiders are going to Because the Raiders are going to Raider? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm saying their problem is is the head coach. It's not the players. Yep. Probably so. Oh, and you know David Carr. Oh, well. I know you guys can't see this because we're watching this live, but you know David Carr is about to go in on them talking crap about his brother. Yeah, well, you know, and but I think it's a Max, good signing for the Saints. So, next Carr. week, we're going to try the new streaming service, right? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to test drive our streaming service next week. So, we should be on Twitch, YouTube, uh, possibly even Facebook. Uh, all at the same time. So when we come up with the show, we should broadcast out to all of them. Um, if you guys actually want to watch it, like it, you know, share it, whatever you want to do. If you want to do that, we should be out there on all that. And we're going to start doing video, video podcasts, uh, so you can finally see our ugly mugs. And... Uh, We'll put that out there. Um, like I said, we'll be on at least three different streaming services. And then, if you don't catch it, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not here for the live stuff, we're gonna put it on YouTube. Let you guys record. Let you guys see it from being recorded. Uh, 
have all that stuff going on. And then obviously our podcast on Apple Music and all the other podcast platforms. We'll have all that stuff still going on. Uh, but we're just trying to get out in front of more guys, more people, you know, just trying to get it out there. So if, uh, if any of you guys that's listening want to share it, like it, comment, put whatever out there, go ahead, just do something. Um, cause, uh, we want to keep, we want to keep bringing this stuff to you with our, uh, crappy opinions and, uh, just, you know, keep kind of putting, putting, putting more stuff out there in the ether. And we do read opinions of people. If you, you're hearing something that you don't like, let us know. We'll try to fix it. You yeah. Know? Or yeah. If you want us tune, to talk, tune talk in, about something. Tune in uh, to our YouTube uh, tune into YouTube and leave a comment. And yeah. if if you don't like listening to something, say something. Or if you want us to talk about something, we'll talk. Because about it. we're just kind of shooting shit into the wind at the moment. So we're sitting here, and you know, well, NFL does really good, but when it comes to NASCAR and things like that, it seems like you got you guys really don't want to listen to that. But if there's something else you want to listen to, you know, NBA. You know, soccer, whatever. We Movies. don't care. I mean, I hope not soccer because that shit sucks. <laughs> but anything you guys want to listen to, just let us know. Uh, or if you, you just want us to keep it straight NFL, we're fine with that too. I mean, we keep up with it just as much as you do. So, you know, if, if y'all want us to keep up with the NFL, we can, we can keep up with it. And uh, we're thinking about doing maybe three shows a week. So if y'all like that, you know, let us know. You know, leave a comment, do something. And like I said, we're about to send this thing to where we have live streaming every time that we come in. Uh, and uh, if y'all like that, you know, just leave a like, do something, let us know. Go ahead, Max. Uh, something came up last episode uh not last episode but a couple episodes back i had made a comment about the linebackers and one of our listeners we had a conversation about it and one of the listeners asked me uh someone i know that listened to our podcast i called and talked to me about it and wanted to know what what i meant by the linebackers being expendable that Am I saying that linebackers aren't as good today as they were 20 years ago? No, I'm not saying that. So I'm going to clarify that. What I'm saying is the game has changed to where certain – I am. Yeah, okay. I'm saying it. Well, I think what it is is the game has changed. So if you go back and, and look I, at Lawrence might Taylor – And might roll back to what you're saying. The game has changed. So. The game has changed. You go back and look at Lawrence Taylor's highlights – I guarantee you 25 to 35% of those highlights are penalties or penalties now. Yep. So you take 25 or 30% away from Lawrence Taylor, he's probably not a Hall of Famer anymore. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe. Now, in, in the adjustment. And it's not that linebackers are not good anymore. It's the, the problem game, is yeah. the game has changed. The game has changed that's taken the ferocity from away from linebackers. What yeah. they used to be able to do as a player – and and the other example I would say is, where's the fullback position in the NFL? Yep. It's gone because teams play differently. And so what happens is the emphasis on a certain player changes. The yep. emphasis is on quarterbacks, wide receivers, defensive ends, and outside pass rushing You know who can't cover those players? Yeah. Linebackers. Linebackers are struggling because of the, the rule changes and the way offenses operate now. So a linebacker is nowhere near as impactful as they used to be. Unless they're like Parsons. Yeah, as a pass rusher. A pass that's, rusher. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that unless somebody comes along and transcends the game, then that's where we're going to be. Somebody has to change it. Just like the cornerbacks. What we're calling a cover cornerback today was totally different what a cover cornerback was 20 years ago. Yep. It's no, it doesn't take away from what the players are. Now, I will say this. 
the NFL has transitioned away from the pure football player to the athlete first to be converted to a football player. Yep. They're looking at all the attributes first before they're looking at the football player. This is the reason why we see players slip through people's cracks year after year that nobody saw coming because they overlooked them because they didn't run fast enough or they didn't do this fast didn't enough. Didn't jump you know, high we, enough. Yeah, so we had the underwear Olympics last week. and uh, The you know, best quarterback in the league is somebody that wasn't even going to be drafted in the first round. And so, and, and I get it, that's where the hype goes. I, what I'm saying is the, the game evolves differently. I'm not trying to take anything away from the linebackers, any, any position. I think – the league is definitely faster, probably quicker, more athletic, no question about it. But that doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. make better football players overall. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is teams aren't putting an emphasis on your upright linebackers as much as they used to. Just look at the free agent linebackers that are being dumped left and right this year. Look at the defensive players that are being dumped this year. And guys are re-signing taking less money. Because yep. teams are starting to actually move offense first, defense second. Unless you're a perennial player on the other side and you can make that much of, of an impact, so be it. But that's only going to last until you have one bad season and they, you're gone. You're gone. And we're even seeing it with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We're even seeing that teams are dumping great wide receivers. I mean, these are top tier positions yeah you know and like you said you had a listener telling you that why don't you talk about linebackers well because they don't matter yeah they're they're expensive as much as i want them to matter defense defense is the defense matters so little now and then linebackers matter matter even less well I would say right now, because I, like I said, talking to one of, the, as this conversation occurred, and I had to go back and think who I think which, the best middle linebacker. Which, is like in we the just game. said, if you guys want to say something, send us, send something on Twitter, send something to our email, we will definitely respond. Well, and like I said, after thinking about it, I, I personally think the best linebacker in the game right now is Fred Warner. Of the San Francisco, 49ers. yeah, I wouldn't say you're wrong, uh, you know, but but he's also playing on the best defense yeah. in the league. So how much is that? Yeah, how much is it a product it? of one thing and not another? We don't know, and, and so just like Wagner was always considered a top tier middle linebacker at Seattle, he goes to the Rams, which was should have been a better defense. But doesn't really work the scheme very well. Doesn't keep his job. And doesn't keep his job after one year. Yep. So, I'm just saying from a standpoint, that's going to be always a revolving door until something else changes. Until they find a new breed of players that can fit. Just like cornerbacks. They're having to find cornerbacks that can cover off the ball. Yep. They can't be the physical cornerbacks anymore because of the rules. Uh, You know, and, and we've seen the transition with the wide receivers. 20 years ago, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, wide receivers were plentiful in the NFL that could run like gazelles. You don't see it anymore because you still get the athletic ability from yep. a smaller stature of player. Now you're seeing six-foot guys, 6'1", guys that weigh less than 200 pounds dominate the game, and that used to never happen. So. Yep. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, you know, the sport is transitioning, just like every sport does. I've, every sport in my lifetime has changed. But, guys, if you have a question or you want us to cover something, don't hesitate to let us know. I mean, like you just saw, all it took was one email, one message, and we've got it. We'll talk about it. You know, no matter how passionate you get, it doesn't matter. Just let us know, and we'll talk about it. All right, guys. Max, you got anything to say? That's same? good. It's, let's wrap this session up. We, we've hit our hour mark. Um, at some point, we're probably going to push a little further. 
once we get closer to the season, closer to the draft, we're still about five weeks away from the draft. Oh, and Max, aren't we going to do a live draft stream? We're going. We're talking about doing that. We got to yeah. test drive that to see. But yeah, it's it's might be here live, and then we can just straight through the draft live stream at least the first two days. Yeah, I don't know about you know well, third fourth day, night. but Probably at least the first, the first night. night. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys. So uh, y'all have a good week. This is gonna be the last of us, and uh, we'll see y'all next week.